is up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of the Main Event Heat Podcast. I am your host, Rob Weathers. And this week in pro wrestling, we had some pretty huge news across the board. One of the biggest things, and and I'm literally the last fucking podcast host to get to this. Everybody's already covered it. But fucking Vince McMahon retired as the CEO of WWE. I got to be honest with you guys. Like I'm I'm 31 years old. Vince is like what 76. I was 100% certain that I was going to die before he left the WWE as the CEO. This is this has been really really surreal. It's been a very odd last uh I guess it's been a about a week and a half or so, maybe two weeks since that happened. And you know, we, we we are starting to get glimpses of what the WWE looks like without him. Obviously, Triple H has taken control of the creative and everything else in the company. And man, I, it's it's just so odd to think about because obviously, as long as I've been alive, it's it's all been Vince McMahon, right? You know, the reason that professional wrestling looks the way that it looks right now is because of Vince McMahon, for better or for worse. And look, some of it has been, like, if you really think about it, you know, Vince has made some decisions that a lot of people don't agree with, but if it wasn't for his his unpopular booking and if it wasn't for his 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 need to completely control professional wrestling, then we wouldn't have gotten AEW. You know, AEW exists because people wanted an alternative to WWE, and that's what we got. I mean, fuck, even TNA. TNA was full of guys that were in WCW that either A, were not acquired to go to the WWE, or B, did not want to go to the WWE. A lot of a lot of really cool stuff that has happened in wrestling has been in spite of of Vince McMahon and in spite of his way of running his program. So that's the thing is like, we, we complain about so much with Vince, but it's like, if it wasn't for his, I I don't want to say short sightedness with a lot of things, but it kind of is what it is. If it wasn't for all of that stuff, we wouldn't have gotten so many other great companies and great moments outside of the WWE. So whether it doesn't matter how you look at it. I mean, the simple fact is Vince McMahon kind of made wrestling the way that we all know it you know like I said whether it's it's something that he directly contributed to or if it's something that was done out of spite he is the reason that professional wrestling looks the way that it looks and that it's it's the end of an era for sure and we're all about to start seeing what this new era looks like I for one am excited I really am. I like the idea of Triple H being at the helm. Obviously, whenever he was running NXT, NXT was pretty fucking cool. You know, it was it was a fun show to watch, and I, I really enjoyed it. And we're going to talk about SummerSlam for a little bit. I'm not going to do too much of an in-depth review because there's a couple of things I want to talk about this week. But I can tell you this much, just a, a quick TLDR about SummerSlam, match quality-wise... It definitely looked a lot better than a lot of recent WWE pay-per-views. Like, I don't know what happened before that show, but I can almost guarantee Triple H just got everybody in the locker room together and was like, look guys, just fucking fuck it. Just go out there and have fun. Because that's what it felt like. It felt like a lot of people just said fuck it and went out there and had fun. Uh, but, But yeah, Vince McMahon, 
no longer the head of the WWE. I, th- I believe he still has a seat at the board, if I'm not mistaken. But as far as day-to-day creative, he isn't in control. And I wanted to be so skeptical, and I wanted to be like, ah, bullshit, it's a fucking angle, that's horseshit, he ain't leaving anytime soon, it's a lie. You know, especially because shit was so weird there for a couple of weeks where, like, the, the stuff with his scandal started coming out, and he paid all this hush money to get women to not talk about their relationships with him. And then next thing you know, he just starts showing up on Monday Night Raw just to be like, hey, then now and forever. And then fucking leaves. Like, like what the fuck? It was so that that was that is a man who has lost his fucking mind. Literally just walks out on the in, in the middle of the ring, says the fucking company's catchphrase and then bails and then does the same thing on SmackDown. Just walks up. like, hey, what's up? I'm Vince McMahon. Peace. And then leaves like that is a man that has lost all control and does not know what to do next. So. You know, it, it definitely, I, I I was like, there's no way he's letting go. There's no way they convinced him to let go. But I got to tell you, after watching SummerSlam, it looks like it's possible. And we're going to get into it in a little more detail when we talk about SummerSlam here in a minute. But there are some other changes that I really hope get addressed in the, in the coming months. But I, I did not expect everything to be fixed a week after the fact. But... It does look like there have been some improvements, but yeah, you know, I mean, I gotta, I guess I have to say thanks, Vince. I guess I have to, right? Like I said, if it wasn't for Vince, wrestling wouldn't look the way that it looks. Wrestling would not be what it is. Wrestling would not have hit the the boom period that it hit in the 90s. Wrestling probably wouldn't have the resurgence in the last few years like it's had if it wasn't for Vince's influence in some way, shape, or form. Who knows? We can trace this all the way back and say, I might not even be in the business if it wasn't for Vince McMahon, right? I don't know. I do know this, though. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever said this on the pod, but I have said this in conversation where people have asked me, like, you know, what are some companies like companies that that would be a dream for me to work for? And I've always said I would never want to work in the WWE just because I cannot stand being micromanaged, especially to the extent that we all hear Vince micromanaged everybody. But there's a chance now. There's there's a chance now. You know, I know that they definitely wouldn't hire me now because they don't like fat people. But, you know, if I if I cut some more weight, who knows, you know, get a suit that fits me a little bit better. Who knows? They might they might come calling. But now it's a possibility. Who knows? I could work for the WWE. I hope things do get better there. But yeah. So, hey, you know what? Vince McMahon, hell of a run. Thanks for all the good you did. And unfortunately, I have to say thanks for all the bad you did, too, because if you didn't do all the bad things, then we wouldn't have gotten all the other great things from all the other companies. So, yeah. End of an era. How about that? Hey guys, let's take a quick second to talk about this week's sponsor, Fiverr. If you're looking to get any logo or any kind of artwork done, I cannot recommend Fiverr enough. I have personally used them multiple times. I have a t-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees that has a design that I got off of Fiverr. The main event heat logo that you guys have been looking at this whole episode, I also got done on Fiverr. You can get anything there from professional artists going from $5, $10, $20, however much you want to spend, I guarantee you, you will find some amazing artwork on Fiverr. And it doesn't just stop there. If you guys need to get someone to do an intro for your podcast, if you're looking for somebody to make you some theme music, literally anything you could possibly think of, you can find it at Fiverr.com. Make sure to use the link in the description of this episode, and let's get back to it. All right, and with all that said, let's go ahead and talk about SummerSlam. Guys, I got to be honest with you. I wasn't expecting to actually sit down and watch this whole show. I was like, yeah, I'll sit down, I'll give it a couple of segments, and then I'll 
go do something else. But I wound up watching the entire show, and I don't fucking regret it. Uh, let's go ahead and just run down the card. Bianca Belair defeats Becky Lynch in the opening match. A very solid match. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not doing grades or anything with this. Like I said, I kind of just want to run through this. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't feel great right now. I don't know. There is something in the state of Georgia that comes out during the summer that I am allergic to. What it is, I've got no fucking idea. But every year since I've moved here, during the summer, I just get the worst fucking allergies in the world. And I like, I can't breathe out of my fucking left nostril right now. I just got over the really bad head cold portion of this shit yesterday. But yeah, I'm not feeling great. So I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not doing a full review. I'm not going to go spot by spot. I'm not going to give any grades. I'm just going to go through this. But yeah, opening match, Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch. I really liked this match. I thought it was very entertaining. Bianca, God, there are just a couple of things that if she could just change a couple of things about her character, I would I would like her so much more. And I know that a lot of people probably disagree with me on this. One of the things that I hated about her a lot when she was in NXT was she worked and she had a lot of glitter on whenever she would work. And you would see it, especially with that black mat, it would get fucking everywhere. And that drove me up a wall. And that still does to this day. Like if, if I own a ring and if, if it's my canvas you're working on and I see you go to step in that ring with glitter on, I'm going to tell you not to fucking get in my ring because that's that shit does not come out. And that, that's just a little pet peeve of mine. She doesn't seem like she does that anymore, but I can't stand the fucking hair. I really can't, like, because from a kayfabe perspective, it makes no sense. Obviously, A, if she can use it as a weapon, you would think that an official would tell her, no, you're not allowed to do that, it's an unfair advantage. And then B, and you see it in this match, her hair gets used against her all the fucking time. Like, I think she goes up to the, to the, to the top rope and fucking Becky, like, pulls her down by her hair at one point. If this is a real fight, like, you see this in the UFC all the time, guys with long hair are purposely, like putting their hair up or putting their hair in cornrows or something so that it doesn't get in the way, so that it doesn't obstruct them and can be used against them. So like in a kayfabe perspective, it doesn't make any fucking sense for her hair to be that long for those two reasons, for it getting used against her and because she has the ability to use it as a weapon. So that just drives me nuts just from that kayfabe perspective. I really wish she would cut her fucking hair. Outside of that, she's a hell of a wrestler. People love her, you know, and, and you definitely see it after this match. You see why I think, I think her and Becky had a really good match. It ended with Bailey making her return and she comes out with Io Shirai and Dakota Kai, which looked really cool. Uh, Io Shirai, I guess has changed her name to Io Sky. Um, I thought we were done with this shit. I thought we weren't going to see any more of this after Vince. I guess it's not a Vince McMahon call after all, I guess, I guess maybe it's other people. Uh, really hoping we were done with the fucking name changes, but whatever, you know, is EO sky, I guess, I guess it isn't the worst new name that I've heard, but it's still like, we didn't need that at all. But yeah, so that was really neat. I thought that was a good match and, and I like the post-match stuff that happened after that Logan Paul defeated the Miz, man, I don't want to say nice things about Logan Paul just because both him and his brother just seem like gigantic douchebags in so many ways. But I can tell you this much. That kid's put in the work. He really fucking has. Like, he clearly wants to do this, and it shows. A thing that I was really impressed more by him than any other celebrity, literally any other celebrity that I've seen wrestle since I've been watching wrestling, one thing I was really impressed with by Logan was his selling. 
I think he did a really, really good job selling Miz's offense. And there was a few spots there where he just had that deer in the headlights look and and he would get tossed down on a big move and just look up like, fuck, is this it? Is this, you know, am I dead? Like, I think he did a really solid job of selling. And then obviously he's an athletic guy. He's young. He's in great shape. I, I was thoroughly impressed by Logan here. And I'm curious to see what he does next. Obviously, he worked with a guy like The Miz, and that chemistry means everything, especially when you're a celebrity coming in. We'll talk about that in a few matches, but I think him and Miz have great chemistry. Miz made him look like a million bucks, and yeah, like I said, I hate to say it, but this Logan Paul kid, he wants to be there, and it shows. After that, Bobby Lashley defeated Theory by submission. I didn't care. I didn't like this match. Um... There's a few matches on the show I just did not fuck with, and this is one of them. This one I just I just couldn't give a flying fuck about. It's kind of funny to me that in the new regime, I guess, I don't know if this was going on before Vince left, because, I mean, obviously, like I've said before, I don't watch the show, but they've been, Theory's just looking like a dumbass. <laughs> he just make him look like he ain't shit. I, I do not think he's ever going to be able to successfully cash in the money in the bank. So, yeah, that was, it's whatever. I didn't like the match. After that, we've got the Mysterios versus Judgment Day. I thought, for the most part, this is a pretty good match. I did like it. I'm glad that there was a spot during this match. Dominic Mysterio was in the corner with somebody. And I was bitching about the camera cuts. Because, as we all know, Kevin Dunn likes to cut the camera every half a second. And my wife, I guess she just never notices it. Because she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I went, all right, watch this. And they do this spot in the corner. And I counted. They literally had eight camera cuts in like 10 seconds it was insane and she was like okay I see what you're saying now that's so jarring to watch and I there was a lot of spots throughout the night where it seemed like they were focusing on one angle a little bit longer than three or four seconds which was nice but yeah that's something that we really got to do something about and if the answer is fire Kevin Dunn I'm totally fine with it because nobody seems to like Kevin Dunn all the stories that fans have heard have all led us to not like Kevin Dunn so let's just get rid of him I'm fucking over it get somebody else to produce the show but yeah so Mysterio's win it was a solid match Edge comes comes back afterwards you know it was cool I I, I liked it after that, Pat McAfee versus Baron Corbin, I did not like this match either. This is another one of those things like I talked about with Logan Paul, where when you're the celebrity coming in or the part-time guy, that chemistry is so important. I don't think Pat McAfee and Baron Corbin have very good chemistry, and I know that a lot of people would try to defend it. Oh, of course they do. They've known each other for fucking ever. They used to be roommates. Well, they don't have good chemistry. Matt and Jeff Hardy are fucking brothers, and they did not have good chemistry in their singles matches. Kane and Undertaker never really had good chemistry in their singles matches. They really didn't. And these guys just did not have good chemistry whatsoever. Uh, I, I didn't think it was a great match, and I, I didn't enjoy it. I know Pat McAfee's capable of having good matches. I saw that shit he did with Adam Cole. I thought that was good. This I, I wasn't about this. After that, the Usos beat the Street Profits with Jeff Jarrett as the referee. Jeff Jarrett absolutely did not need to be there. I tried asking my wife, why is he there? She's like, I've got no fucking idea. <laughs> I guess they just were like, yeah, just put him in there. I don't know why the fuck. I guess just because they were in Nashville and, you know, I, I mean, he's working Ric Flair. Uh, as I'm recording this, he's working Ric Flair tonight, so I don't know why the fuck he need to be on the WWE show as well, but... Yeah, the good thing is, is you know, even though he didn't add anything to the match, he did not take anything away from it. He didn't make it about him. There was no guitar shots, none of that bullshit. Usos and the Street Profits had a very, very good match. The match of the night, in my opinion, 
Montez Ford is going to get a fucking rocket strapped to his back, and I feel so terrible for Angelo Dawkins because I think that these two are so great together, but nobody talks about Angelo. They're always talking about Montez constantly, so I, I do feel bad for Angelo. I really do, but these guys are a great tag team. The Usos are one of the fucking goats. You know, they really are. They're so goddamn good, and this was a good match. I enjoyed every minute of it. Here comes a match I did not enjoy every minute of. I didn't enjoy a single second of it was Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. I really like Liv Morgan. I think Ronda Rousey is just the drizzling shits. Absolutely. Uh, not a good match. Not Liv's fault. Completely Ronda's fault. I did not enjoy it whatsoever. The uh, I hated the finish because I know for a fact that finish was done just to make Ronda look strong. Considering Ronda is not the champion, making her look strong should not be the point right now. You should be worrying more about Liv than Ronda. But yeah, didn't like this match. The only good thing I can say about it is it was the shortest match on the card. That's it. It sucked. After that, you have Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, which I was ready to just go to sleep at this point because I'm like, fuck it. You've seen these guys wrestle so many goddamn times in the last few years. I, I don't even know how many times. It's the new John Cena and Randy Orton. Like, it's just, oh, fuck, what are we going to do this week? Ah, fuck it. Do Roman versus Brock again. That's that's what this feels like. And I was ready to just write it off and be like, fuck this, I'm going to go to bed. And then I saw Brock Lesnar come out on a fucking tractor. And I went, oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's let's see what happens here. And like I say, I'm happy I stuck around. If you take the tractor out of the equation, it wouldn't have been a good match because it was a lot of the same shit that people would have expected where like one guy would hit a big move, wait for the 10 count, the other guy gets up at 9, hit another big move, guy gets up at 9, hit another big move, guy gets up at 9. They just kept doing that shit. Like the ending, the whole ending sequence took way too goddamn long. But the tractor stuff was really fucking cool. And it's so weird to say that the, the this tractor made this wrestling match. The fucking, the visual... First off, the visual of, of Brock pulling the tractor up in the ring, having the bucket sitting over the top rope, and then he fucking climbs on top of it and stands in the bucket for the introductions. That was dope. Him tossing the fucking mic down and Roman catches it effortlessly. That was all cool. The visual was great. Then later in the match, whenever fucking Roman's in the ring, Brock gets on the tractor and lifts the fucking ring up and Roman bumps all the way out to the outside. That was so cool. It really, it, it, it really added something to this match. It really did. Because I think without the tractor spots, this is just another Roman and Brock match and nobody fucking cares. We've seen them, I don't know how many times, at least a dozen times, right? The fucking tractor... <laughs> Made this really fun. I I liked it a lot, you know. And, and it, 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 the match was still a little too long, you know. I think it's definitely by far probably the longest match these two have ever had. But you know what? I think it was enjoyable because of the fucking tractor. But yeah, Usos and Street Profits was my favorite match on the show. Uh, there was the three matches I didn't like: Lashley and Theory, McAfee and Corbin, and Morgan and Rousey. But the other five matches I thought were very good, and I think it was a solid show overall. And like I said, match quality's already improved. We got to get rid of the camera cuts. We've got to get rid of the fucking just absolutely ridiculous graphics that come up during the entrances. They all look terrible. We've got to do away with those. 
And I was going to say before I was, I was ready to say, we've got to do away with the, with commentary, but you know what? The only commentator that, that really drove me up a wall was Corey Graves. I think everybody else, Michael Cole was fucking on one on this show. Cole was absolutely on one. It reminded me a lot of whenever Cole did that UK tournament back in the day with Nigel McGinnis. You can tell when Cole doesn't have Vince McMahon in his ear because he is fucking great. I don't know what it is. I don't know. And it can't even be so much that it's Vince McMahon in his ear because you hear a lot of these guys talk about how like, oh, no, Vince doesn't really bother me that much during the show. I don't know what it is. But when Vince just isn't around, Cole just is is on another level. And like I said, he was fucking on one on this show. I think Cole did a fantastic job. This was shades of like 2003 Michael Cole, him and Taz in the booth. I enjoyed him. Corey Graves is fucking awful. Like he is, he, he, I know he's committed to the heel commentator thing, but he just doesn't do it very well. And it's just, he's constantly just talking shit to everybody throughout the show. And it doesn't make for a pleasant experience. It, 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 I think it really takes away from a lot of the matches. And yeah, I think let's, let's, we can do without Corey Graves if I'm being totally honest with you. I'm not saying fire him, but I am saying maybe put him in the copy room or something for a while. Like don't let him on TV. Because uh, I, I think it'll be a lot more pleasant without him. But outside of that, commentary was actually pretty fucking solid. You know, Cole especially did a very, very good job. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens by WrestleMania next year. I think that WWE is going to start looking like a completely different product. And uh, fuck, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. I can't believe I'm saying that. Another really big event that took place this weekend, or by the time this comes out, has taken place, and by the time I'm recording it, hasn't taken place, is Ric Flair's last match. I want to run through this card really quick just because, you know, I do think this is interesting. Like I said, by the time you guys are hearing this episode, this show has already happened, but I I, I don't know. Like I think I'm going to watch it tonight. I think I'm going to watch it tonight because some of these preliminary matches look fucking amazing. There's a huge bunkhouse battle royal to start the show. Just a couple of names I want to go over. And there's a lot of great names on here. A lot of old school names on here like Slash and Crowbar and fucking Crimson and Bully Ray and guys like that. Adam Priest is going to be in this match. And big ups to Adam. I've been working with Adam quite a lot the last several months in IWN. That's a hell of a talented guy. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Big demos in this match as well. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, this Bunkhouse Battle Royal is really interesting. Then we've got Ren Narita versus Yuya Yamura. Davey Boy Smith Jr. versus Killer Cross, the Von Ericks versus the Briscoes, the American Wolves versus Motor City Machine Guns, Ricky and Kerry Morton versus Brian Pillman Jr. and fucking Brock Anderson. Holy shit. Alan Angel versus Jonathan Gresham versus Takashita versus Nick Wayne. Pandito versus Laredo Kid versus Phoenix versus Tarus. Jordan Grace defending the Impact Knockouts title against Deanna Parasso and Rachel Ellering. Josh Alexander defending the Impact World title against Jacob Fatu. And in the main event, it's Ric Flair's last match. Ric Flair and Andrade El Idolo versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. I just want to talk about this real quick. First off, that's a fucking banger of a card. It absolutely is. And I hope that this show does go well for the sake of all the other talent on this card because that's this is a dream card no matter where you look. This is This is some Forbidden Door type shit. It really is. And in all honesty, I think the card looks better than Forbidden Door did, if I'm being honest with you. But Rick's in his mid-70s. Let me click on this real quick just so I can make sure I know his age. What's he, 72, 73? 73. I love Ric Flair. He's one of my favorites. I put him on my Mount Rushmore. Go check out that episode now. 
Rick should have just let it be the end. He should have just called it a day when him and Shawn Michaels had that WrestleMania match. I know he wasn't ready to retire, but that was such a beautiful way to end it. It really was. It was such a beautiful way to end it. I I don't think that he should have kept going. I don't I mean I'm fine with him going to TNA and being a manager. He had a few matches in TNA. They shouldn't have fucking happened. He should have just been there to elevate everybody else with his presence. I know that there's the money issues and there's all the other issues and there's reasoning for all of this stuff. There's reasoning for all these events that took place after his quote unquote retirement at WrestleMania. But as a fan of his, I really don't want to see him in the ring. I don't, you know, but I, but as a fan of his, I also understand on a personal level what it's like to want to go out on your own terms. I understand what it's like to, 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 to just like, I have to know, right? Like I can't live with what if I have to know he has said before and he wants to die in the ring. And all of us fans have said before, please don't make us watch you die in the ring. (laughs) You know, we've all said that shit. And, um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's going to get taken care of. Obviously, we I think we all knew Jay Lethal was going to be a part of this match because he has shown video footage of him and Jay working together going into this match. Uh, you know, Jeff Jarrett obviously is a pro. Andrade, I think, is going to take the majority of the bumps for that team, which is great. You know, that that's really good. I'm glad he gets to work a match with his son-in-law. That's I'm sure that's fucking awesome for him. It really is. But, yeah, it's just... It, it it's weird, you know, it really is. It's like, I'm happy for Rick that he's going out on his own terms. I mean, they definitely put together a banger of a fucking card. It's cool that it's sponsored by Jim Crockett Promotions. That's fucking insane. That's some shit that was not on my fucking 2022 bingo card. I can tell you that shit for, for a fact. But yeah, it's, I, I have so such mixed emotions on it. I hope it goes well. By the time this show comes out, we'll know if it went well or not. And if, you know, something unfortunate does happen to Rick in the match, I'll cut this part out of the podcast. <laughs> but if it doesn't, you guys will, will be hearing this. And, and I hope it was good. I hope it was. And if it was good enough, I might do a follow-up to this episode and talk about how much I liked it. If it wasn't that good, I'm not going to talk about it at all. I'll tell you that shit right now. But you know what? I, I want to leave it to you guys. Obviously, by the time you're hearing this episode, this show has already happened. Tell me what you thought. Tell me if if you liked Ric Flair going out on his own terms. Tell me if you didn't like it. If maybe you're like me and you have your reservations. Tell me what you thought about this card. Send anything that you possibly want to to maineventheat at yahoo.com. I want to get some questions together for another Q&A here soon. So please go ahead and start sending some stuff in. If you would like to, you can follow me on social media at SweetSexyRob on Instagram and Twitter. You can also send questions over there if you're more comfortable with that. I have got Lariato Pro Wrestling coming up on August 6th in Dublin, Georgia. We have got the rematch for the Lariato heavyweight title between John Schuyler, the former champion, and Heath Miller, the current champion. Madison Rain is going to be there. Swoggle's going to be there. All of your favorite Lariato stars. So if you are in Dublin, Georgia on August 6th, please come by. Tickets are uh, 10 bucks, I think, 10 or 15 bucks. Go ahead and come by. We Dublin's always a great crowd, you know, and it, hey, look, a lot of these shows have been selling out lately, so get your tickets now if you want in on that. IWN, we have got another big show announced on October 29th. Teddy Long is going to wrestle the owner of the promotion. 
Big D. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go, but I can tell you one thing. I am looking forward to being on call for it. I'll just I'll just say that for now. Looking forward to that one. But uh, yeah, outside of that, my schedule is actually looking a little bit lighter right now. I know that every episode for the last several weeks I've been talking about, oh, I'm going to be here this weekend, be there next weekend. It's looking a little light coming out of the summer, and I'm looking forward to that. I could use the rest for sure. I had a really busy summer. Thank you to all the promoters that have booked me. And if you would like to book me for your show, please do so. You can DM me on social media, like I said earlier, at SweetSexyRob on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can fucking email me, maineventheat at yahoo.com, or my personal email, which I'm not going to put on the podcast. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's a great time to be a part of the wrestling business. I'll tell you guys that much. I, I'm, I'm really enjoying myself, and it looks like, you know, as far as the WWE goes and as far as all these other major promotions go, it's a really good time to not only work in the industry, but it's a really good time to be a wrestling fan. So thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Main Event Heat. If you would like to support the podcast, the best way to do that is by picking up a t-shirt over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Rob Weathers. And once again, thanks for hanging out. (laughs) 